0: Full Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia,
1: it's the Bill Shanks Show. Hour number three of our broadcast. Thank you very much for being with us. I'm Bill Shanks in Waycross. Russ is in Macon. Phone lines are open for 786 463 646 espn And we hope you'll give us a call, talk a little sports with us, give us your thoughts. Georgia Tech fans, what do you think about Josh Pastner? Should he continue? The Yellow Jackets have lost to Pitt today in the second round of the ACC tournament. And now what? Now everybody is going to be wondering whether or not Jay Batt will be making a change at head coach for. The Yellow Jackets, they did not have a good year overall. You can't deny that. But at the end, it's funny how sometimes at the end, Russ, if, if you finish strong, it, it can change the narrative in spite of the record, can't it?
2: Yeah, you, you feel like maybe did they gain some momentum going into the next year, although with the transfer portal, I don't know if anybody has momentum anymore. But, no, you definitely have a better feeling. You know, if if you take their schedule and reverse it, This has been a horrible season, right? Yeah, they got off to such Mm -hmm. a great start, and then they just collapsed in the end. But it wasn't that; it was they they figured it out, but it was just it was it was too late.
1: You know, the other part of college basketball to me, I mean, look, college football is eighty-five players. College basketball is not. I don't know what the number is. What is it, Russ? Fifteen?
2: About 15, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How in the heck for any team? Good, bad, ugly. How can you look at next year and say what's to come? Because, I mean, Russ, if you change, let's say it's 12. I don't know how many it is. Let's just say it's 12. And four of those 12 transfer. That's a third of your team. Yeah. How? It, it, I mean, isn't it more difficult now for any team? I mean, let, let's say it's a team that uh, had a good – I mean, let's, let's look at Georgia. Okay, Georgia may finish at 500 this year. We have a lot better than last year. But – even if we know the roster and who may quote-unquote ex- is expected to come back, we don't know that they are because of how the transfer portal is. So doesn't that make it even more difficult to judge? I mean, if my point is, if, if Pastor had talent that we knew 100% was coming back, no NBA, no transfer portal, man, they're going to be stacked next year. Could that be easier to keep him to justify – the fact that they're going to make an improvement over what they did this year with the talent that's going to be returning. We don't know that.
2: Yeah, you don't. And, and you you know, you factor in one-and-dones and and transfers and all that. I mean, it's really – college basketball is a year-to-year thing. I mean, unless there's a core group on that roster that has committed and says, hey, we're not going to enter the portal, we're we're coming back. You know, and I don't – you know, with Georgia Tech, I don't don't think they have that. Um, So – you know, I, it's tough, man. I don't envy this decision for J-Bat because it, it got – I mean, you know, you go back three or four weeks ago, I think it was a pretty easy decision. And, yeah. if, and to the point where we had even kind of quit talking about it because it just seemed like an inevitability. And now all of a sudden this is not an easy decision to make.
1: No. I, I, like I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I would have a hard time making this decision. And, you know, the finances can be part of it too. You can't ignore that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we don't know how much flexibility there is at Georgia Tech to buy out a coach, depending on what pastor's contract calls for. My God, how many coaches have they bought out, Russ, in the last 15 years,
2: right? I mean, you can't ignore that. No, no, that's a part of it. And, that, and see, and that's the other thing, too. If there is a financial strain, th- at the very least, he's done enough to where you can justify that. Yep. Because I think with the the previous football coach, when they brought him back for the fourth year, Everybody knew the reason why. And that's yeah. not – I mean, everybody – and the players knew that. The assistant coaches knew that. That's why people started hitting the portal and coaches started leaving because they knew, like, if it wasn't for this financial situation, he wouldn't be here. That's, you're not going to survive that. Nobody's going to survive that. So, at the very least, you can, you can justify bringing him back on the court, and not just saying, you know, not where it's just a, basically a financial decision.
1: You know, if they do decide to keep him, I mean, I don't think Jay Bat's going to come out and say, hey, we didn't fire him, aren't you glad? But I think there's got to be some type of, of um, I don't want to say a vote of confidence, but there there needs to be some sort of show of support. There's a difference for us. And, and, you know, a show of support doesn't necessarily mean, well, he's locked in, he's our long-term coach. But if they bring him back, they need to make sure everybody believes that they are behind this guy. Because if not, they just need to fire him.
2: Right, right. And and see, and I think that's where the likability for, for Josh Pastner is going to come into play. Because I, I don't think you're going to find – like if, if he gets fired, I think most people are going to be like, yep, totally understand that. If he's kept – on the flip side, I don't think you're going to have people out there going, oh, my God, I can't believe they brought this guy back. So – um, I think that's where that likability for Josh is really going to help him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Georgia takes on LSU tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern time, the SEC tournament in Nashville, Tennessee. Georgia wins. They'll play Vanderbilt tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Dogs are 16-15 and 15 on the year. 6-12 and 12 in the SEC. They lost to South Carolina in their final regular season game. They've lost five in a row and eight. Of their last ten games, and therefore, their uh, five hundred record is in jeopardy. But I still do not believe that most people are going to be too disappointed, considering last year's team was six and twenty-four, or something like that. They were six and something. They were not in the double digits when it came to wins, and that's uh, that's obviously a very different. A very different thing. Oh, wow. Syracuse has just announced that Jim Beheim has stepped down. Our long national nightmare is over, Russ.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, he gave a quote in his post game that basically said, I gave my retirement speech last week, but nobody paid attention. I don't know what the hell he was talking about, but yeah, don't let the door hit you, buddy.
1: Jim Beheim is perhaps uh, my most unfavorite person in sports. I just do not think he's a very good man he is um I, I saw an exchange earlier this afternoon russ between him and a reporter and he was snarky and yeah pretty much said that same thing about well then he got into it up to the university and all this stuff he's just a jerk i think he's a jerk all the time i mean there i think everybody can be a jerk some of the time i don't know if this guy's never not a jerk He's just I think he's awful. I think he's ton- I don't know how any parent would let their child go and play for him at Syracuse. I really don't. I just think he's awful. He he's just he's just a jerk. I mean, there's no point in even using vulgarity with him. Jerk kind of fits it, doesn't it, Russ?
2: It, 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 yeah, I mean, it, it really does. Um it, it's I mean, I'm he's a hell of a coach. I mean, you can't deny that, but he's just a miserable person. I mean, I just and I I guess, you know, through most of his career, we never knew it because, you know, he was in the Big East and we don't pay super close attention to it. But as soon as Syracuse joined the ACC and he acted like it was the worst thing ever, and when when, when he made that comment about, you know, oh, I guess I'll have to eat at a Denny's in Clemson, like Syracuse is some kind of thriving metropolis. Dude, you might as well live in Canada. What are you talking about? It's just, ever since oh, then, I mean, and it's just gotten worse. So, you know, good riddance. Yeah, he is. He's... Uh
1: I hope he's not on television, and I think he's near 80. He's kind of older. But, yeah, it is official that Jim Beheim has retired as the head coach at Syracuse. Two national championships, I think, Russ. It's more than one, isn't it? It's just one. I think it's just the one with Carmelo. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Anyway, he's a jerk. and I'm glad he's gone. Uh, can't stand him, and I can't stand to uh, see him. And uh, one of the reporters just said, "This has been a very awkward transition. Get out of town! <laughs> Can't believe it. He just everything about him's awkward. There's nothing that seems to be easy, and he's just he is um, he's awful." Ken, from coming, you're right, Ken. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so that's pretty big news because he's a longtime coach. He's been the coach there for what 45 years, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to look his name up on my Wikipedia page. I'd rather not. He's been there a long time. I can't remember a coach at Syracuse before him. So I think it's been 40 years or so since he's he's been the coach. So anyway, yeah, good riddance, that's for sure. Uh, tournament basketball is going on, obviously, this week. Are you, are you getting into this, Russ? I mean, it's a yeah. little harder with the – State teams not yeah, being great, except I, for Kennesaw.
2: I, right. I'm. I'm. You know. I watched uh, Mercer over the weekend. I watched all the Georgia Tech games. I watched the Georgia game tonight. So I. I guess I. I would say yeah. I'm. am getting into it a little bit, but it's not like you know. I mean, I'm. You know, I'll. will flip it over <laughs> with the when the Georgia Georgia Southern baseball game is over. Yeah, you know, I got to work it in my wrestling too. So, but <laughs> but it'll. It, I'll, I'll see the end of the game. I just turned on the
1: ESPN to see if. If it's on, it's, uh, well, ESPN, I guess it's on. Yeah, it's on. Um, no, ESPN 2 says it's on, I guess. So that is the Southland Conference. So they'll have all these, di- it's championship week. So they've got Texan A&M, CC, what, what is that? In Northwestern State. The Southland Championships. So, anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of basketball. If you like basketball, they got it on for you for sure uh, this week in in um, in Texas and um, dogs play night. We will have that game for you in Savannah and in Macon and Winter Robins, Rochelle and Pinehurst. Uh, what time would they come on with the pregame? Eight forty or so? Eight forty-five. Eight forty-five of the pregame tip around nine o'clock, and we'll see how the dogs do as they. Uh, I I think it'd be cool if they won this first game because that would that would ensure they if they lost in game two to tomorrow to Vanderbilt they at least finish above five hundred. That heck that ought to be the
2: motivation in itself, shouldn't it? Well, yeah, I think uh, yeah I, because it, it's going to feel like an incomplete like you can't you don't want to say it's a bad year. Uh, because of where they came from. so But it would still feel kind of like an incomplete on year one, whereas if, if Georgia were to win tonight, then, then you know, you add that to the list of positives that were accomplished this year. You know, he, he turned the team around. They finished above 500. They won a game in the SEC tournament. It I would just be a, a, a more fitting in to really kind of, you know, highlight what Mike White did versus, man, they really just kind of imploded down the stretch. Because I think – I want to say they've been with won three out of their last 14. So just a win in the tournament would, I think, it would help. I, again, and nobody's going to say this season was a disappointment if they do lose tonight, but I just, it would be nice to get at least one win in the tournament. No question. No question about it.
1: All right, let's get to a phone call 478 646 3776. Wade in Jacksonville. Hey, Wade, hey, it's me. I ain't gonna do that
3: laugh now. I heard that Russell Father. <laughs> uh, I ain't really gonna do it. I like the Doctor Jekyll laugh. You know what I mean? It, it, it kind of scared us, better better us when you laugh people. like that.
1: It was kind of a sinister laugh, there, Wade.
3: You know, I like the. You remember Dick Dastany, the uh, who? with the with Dick Dastany, the uh, with the uh, the Penelope pit stop, and all them no. back in the days.
1: I don't remember
3: that. it it was Muncy was a dog. And what happened, he had that that car, and that was his laugh. But let me go with uh, the (laughs) Hawks, shirt. I think we're about to do some cleaning house. I think it's time. He's not getting nothing out of these people right, you know what I mean? Well, they just can't play
1: defense. That's the big problem. I mean, even a coaching change is not going to change the fact they can't play defense.
3: And you know what? And you, he's talking about Trey hitting, trying to hit threes some way out. He ain't gonna stop doing what he does, Bill. You know how it goes. You know, yeah, you're right. when, when he's like that, that's it. Now, and on the Falcons, I'm sure glad we didn't get into Lamar's sweet states. I'm, I don't want, I don't want people to understand what I'm saying. The reason why we got rid of Matt Ryan, I mean, that we got into Watson deal. I still think it was a get rid of Matt Ryan deal because Matt Ryan. If you go look at his, his – every year, his his uh, production went down. And But well, that's, a, that's what, a
1: good point. So you're saying you think the, the main reason they went after Deshaun was to make it easier to get rid of Matt?
3: Yeah, because I think that's what the only way we would have got out of that contract.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that make that's sense? an interesting thought. Yeah, that's – I mean, I I think it was more about Arthur liking someone who used to be their ball boy. Which is stupid, but I think I I I don't know. I mean, look, trying to figure these people out, like we were talking about with Eddie in the last hour, Wade, and you've you've been at a Falcons draft party with us too at CJ's back in the day. I mean, we you never know what to expect from this bunch.
3: But well, I'm just trying to say don't that make sense though, kind of. Because yeah, it if, does. You know, look, if you look at his career, his best year was his 2016.
1: After that, he started yeah. off Well, he was he was a uh, he was MVP that year, but he also had a great offensive line, and they just did not make sure. I mean, to me, if you have a star quarterback, and I, I look, I know it's it's hard to keep everybody in the NFL. It's hard to to afford everybody, and you know, you, you can't keep all your talent. You have to kind of divvy it up, and you have to to decide how you can sacrifice a big name player or a big. Money player to be able to balance your books, especially when you have to give that quarterback that big contract. But they never could find a sweet spot for consistently having one of the best offensive lines around Matt Ryan, and it cost them.
3: Well, the best part of it in 2016, we got the center from Cleveland, Matt. Yeah, that a was agent. huge. And we got Sanu from the Bengals that year. Uh huh. He was a free agent. Yeah. That's a two key calls in the offense. If you run. So, Ned no question.
1: had a good year with the Falcons in and, and, um, 16. So, well, uh, and, I mean, again, though, if you go look at that offensive line, uh, Wayne, I'm going to bring it up right now. I mean, those guys, they got that guy. They got that uh, zone-blocking scheme guy from Tennessee, um, uh, Andy Levitre. They they brought in Chris Chester, who had been released by Cleveland, Russ. Where did Chester Seemed like Chester had been, not not Cleveland, that was Mac. Someone had released Chester, I believe. And the Falcons had Ryan Schrader and Jake Matthews at tackle. There was Matthews, like, the sixth pick in the draft, and Schrader was an undrafted free agent from Valdosta. And they signed Alex Mack. They traded for a Levitre, like, for, for a late-round pick. And then Chester came off the waiver wire. And that, that was a – but that was a team – that had a great offensive line and protected the hell out of Matt Ryan. And that's why, I mean, he, he's pretty much said it. That's why he won the MVP award.
3: Well, I, I like Matt Ryan. Don't get me wrong now. I like Matt Ryan. He was, a, he oh, was yeah. the best quarterback in the foul. Well, Barkowski would have, if he had a line.
1: Yeah.
3: Because Barkowski, I I grew up with Barkowski like you did. And I'll tell you what, that game against the St. Louis Cardinals back in 1980, <laughs> where down 24 to six at halftime, they came back and won that game. I never forget that game. How he came back on two long drives, and um, you know he, he looked, was great. He was, like,
1: he was the man.
3: You know, you know, Junior Miller, right? That was a best yep. tight end. I don't know what happened to him after '80, but he had a great season his rookie year. He had nine you, you
1: you mean that Junior Miller was a better tight end than when when Jerry Glanville moved Andre Bruce to tight end? Oh yeah.
3: You know, Junior Miller, he, ca- he came from my school, in Nebraska, and I was proud of him. He's the best Cornhusker that the Nebraska, I mean, that the uh, Falcons ever gotten, because Bruce Pickens sucked. You know, he, he sucked. He sure uh, did. I, I know. It. I mean, I'm a Nebraska Cornhusker fa- uh, fan, and I, when you got Junior Miller, look what he did with him. He had what nine touchdowns that year.
1: Yeah, and he good. He, had, he he
3: was awesome, and you know. The, that was, a needed oh, a goddamn, I mean, Wade, you, know, you
1: know what you're doing, Wade? You're, you're, you're making me pull up the draft where they drafted Bruce Pickens because of how bad that pick was. That was an awful draft pick. Oh, my gosh, that was awful.
3: I'm sorry, but I'll agree with you 100% on that one. I, I mean,
1: let, let, I mean, let's I, see. Okay, I mean, 1991 draft, 30, 32 years ago. You ready to hear who the Falcons passed on?
3: Yeah, we'll hear
1: where we we'll pass oh, that, on. That wasn't a very good draft, it doesn't seem like. Okay, nineteen ninety one draft. Let's see, Russell Maryland was number one. Then Eric Turner to Cleveland, not a very good player. Uh bu- 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 Bruce Pickens, number three. He played for four seasons. Five seasons, I'm sorry. Mike Crow Elf, Denver number four, Todd Light, he was a pretty good player, wasn't he, for the Rams? Eric Swan, def, uh, defensive tackle, is pretty good. Let's see, uh, Anton Davis. I think he later played for the Falcons. Didn't he? Didn't he? Uh, Russ, the tackle. Uh, yeah, from, I think uh, he did. Kid from Tennessee. I think he later came to Atlanta. Herman Moore was pretty good, wide receiver. There's Alvin Harper at number twelve. Let's see, um, uh, Kelvin Pritchett was pretty good, little player. Uh, of course, we could have had T- Todd Marinovich. That would have been a great pick. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that was not a good draft, was it?
3: Well, Pickett was good. I mean, uh, Pritcher I mean, Pritcher was great yep. for Atlanta. Yeah, it was 35 and, in Atlanta, right? Number thirty and,
1: then, and 35. Well, and and then the, number 33 that year, they took some kid uh, out of Southern Miss named Brett Favor.
3: Oh, Brett Favor, yeah. I like that one. How he said best <laughs> <running>. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. You know what? His best game was here in Jacksonville, in college when he beat all
1: FSU. Oh yeah, I remember that. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And
3: it's in, yeah, in Gator Bowl. But I got to tell you, I never, the Lord gave me this memory, Bill. If I I know about the Falcons, pass, the Hawks, the Braves. I was there when they took down the TP, and with a mistake they ever made. Um, a TP.
1: Yeah, that was a mistake. Can, can you, you know, imagine if the Braves had a TP out in the outfield now? They'd, they'd be raising hell about that, Wade. You know, they would. They would because, uh, you know what, I'd hope they never,
3: never change the Braves' name. No, they won't. Uh, I mean, because the Indians, the Guardians, what kind of garbage is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, seriously. The, the Indians, it. you know, they made movies about the Indians, right? The the major leagues movies. Yep,
1: that's right. One, that's they right.
3: made one brave movie. That stumped. That movie, <laughs> with, with the Slugger's wife. Yeah, Slugger's wife. That's right. And the Slugger's he slugged, wife. He, he said he slugged sixty home runs in uh, <laughs> that season. Yeah, but, yep. uh,
1: the guy no, who was on. Uh, he was later on Roseanne. <laughs> yeah that's funny tom arnold yeah and no not tom him. arnold it wasn't tom arnold it was um um I was thinking, oh I he I, was in he he was in Caddyshack too wasn't he i believe yeah well, I,
3: well the point i'm trying to say bill that was the worst show to ever and put on baseball movie <laughs> yeah, that was
1: pretty bad in history bad.
3: but I, I, I i'll tell you what I'm, I'm proud of the falcons you know this guy's building a good young team. He's doing a good job by cleaning that garbage out of the salary cap hell we were in. Now, you just have to be patient on the players we get. I think he going to get a couple of the Saints, Lyman. I really they do. Could. I think the Saints. Huh? They could. I believe, I believe that. And I think the I think they let that KO go and Maguire go because he's not a pass blocker. He's just a run blocker
1: you yeah. got to
3: have a pass blocker and a run blocker in the NFL. And in Atlanta's offense, if you look at it, Ritter had better uh, yardage uh, uh, percentage, uh, you know, pass percentages than uh, Mr. Mariota. I think he would have done well. He would have pulled a lot sooner. Like, I do, too. I, would, I wish they'd give given him some like, more, like
1: more games for sure. Games. All right, Wade. Hey, we appreciate your call.
3: I always appreciate you three. Well, i always miss Skip too, you know. Chip, yeah, I mean, skip and you and you three, Russ, and you, of course. Y'all, you know, I miss Georgia a lot. I really do. Well, back up. up Come on. Guys. I don't know. If you're still in that same bed, and I went, you know, I still got yeah. that ticket of of, uh, of Smoltz and um, Gladman. You know that the one you gave me. I won that ticket game.
1: Yeah, there you
3: the go, win, yep. I still got that, 200 tickets. That's awesome. Uh, 100, you know, I got that. Plus, I got a John Smoltz, um, you know, he had a food bank they had. I got him sign uh-huh. my jersey, his jersey. I got a framed. I need to get rid of all that. I need to get rid of it. I'm a, a Braves fan from Die Hard from 73.
1: I know. Uh, God bless you. All right, Wade. Hey, let us run. We appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Yeah. Thank you. Take. Okay. Take care. <laughs> oh man! Oh Wade, we every year we get started talking about these Falcons drafts, and it, it is depressing. Russ, it's just it it uh, is. We'll we'll do it. it I, it's just it's depressing. All no the way to say it,
2: there is, and I think they've done a good job though the last two years. And by the way, I forgot about this. I looked it up. Antoine Davis did come to the Falcons uh, for two years. In 96 yeah. and 97, but I forgot. He's a Fort Valley guy. He went to Peach County. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that's all right. about that. Yeah. He played
1: for – um. Uh, 96 would have been – would have been June's last year and then Dan in 97, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Now, I remember that. He was with Philadelphia and came to Atlanta. I thought I remember the, the, um, the uh, addition of him. You know, it – but the offensive line thing is almost comical. I mean, I, I, I know people think we may be being dramatic about this, that, and the other. But I want to tell you, the Falcons' offensive line mistakes are are legendary. I mean, if you were to ask any Falcons fan ever about what position have they really not been able to get its offensive line. And it's just uh, one after the other. I mean, that that look, again – Last year, as I was saying, sitting in glory days in Macon, Arkwright Road, probably enjoying some chicken fingers, love their chicken fingers, and it's like waiting for their pick. I want to bring that up. I want to bring that up real quick. And, and, and again, I, I hate to say that, all right, well, Drake London was not a good pick. Drake London had a very good year, and it, it was obvious very early on in the season. All right, Drake London is a good pick. He's going to have a good career. He's going to be a good player. He's going to help this team. A great deal. I still think that there were players on the board that I would have preferred. Uh, the very next pick was Charles Cross, the offensive lineman from Mississippi State, who went to went to Seattle. Um, you know, and really, the funny thing about Drake London, I think that really shocked us, was that I didn't really think that Drake London was the best receiver in the draft. You had Garrett Wilson and Chris Alave from Ohio State. Alave had a great rookie season. Uh, So did Wilson, by the way. They were both great. They had better seasons than uh, Drake London. James Williams, of course, went 12th. See, after the Charles Cross pick, you had three more receivers. And, of course, Williams was coming off the ACL injury. If you didn't hear, he didn't play against Georgia very much at all. And then there was Jordan Davis, who I think, some people were rooting for the Falcons to get, which would have been great. I think he's going to be a great pro still to this day. And remember the talk last year about Kyle Hamilton, Russ? Mm -hmm. Then he slipped to 14th, but there were a lot of people thinking the Falcons at number eight may go with Kyle Hamilton, who I think is going to be a really good pro Uh, from all indications. I think he had a very good year last year with Baltimore. But, I mean, there were other people besides, um, and and I'm looking here, Trevor Penning. Remember we talked about him. He was a big – a big tackle that uh, was from Northern Iowa that we were talking about, and there, there were just some other spots that we were kind of curious about, and um, and then all of a sudden they went boom, it's receiver. That was a that that draft was all up in the air though. My God, you, I mean, we were we knew the first two were going to go Walker and Hutchinson, and then nobody knew that Houston would take Stingley. The Jets then took Gardner. Then uh, Thibodeau went to the Giants, which is a little bit of a surprise. I think he had been linked to Atlanta a little bit. And, I mean, it was just all over the place. All right. Oh, we got to go to break. Holy crap. 478 um, 646 ESPN. We're back with more right after this. On TV, they have the headline Jim Beheim will not be returning. Syracuse it didn't really say there that he was retiring and it sounds like they were wanting him to retire Ooh, somebody finally have the cojones rust to tell him to go the hell away
2: I think so I I think it's gotten bad enough here at the end where you know the team's slipping it it feels like you know we've Moved into a new era of basketball where everybody has a chance to buy a Carmelo Anthony, and uh, I think it makes him a little grumpy. And so, I think Syracuse was just ready to move on. He, I mean, he's a problem now.
1: He is salty all the time, and and it is bad to just call someone a miserable human being. But he just seems like has he ever smiled in his life?
2: I, you, you wonder. I, I mean, I. I'm sure, like, the players like him, but his public persona is just – like you said, he's just kind of a jerk. He is. He's a miserable, miserable person. Basketball will be much
1: better without him. I tell you, though, with him gone and your boy last year going, Coach K, the old guard's kind of thinning out around college basketball, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I think it's gone. I mean, well, I guess Patino is still coaching somewhere out in the middle of nowhere – uh, Roy Williams stepped down. Um, yeah. You know, even at Kentucky, I think they're starting to get tired of Calipari. So yeah, it's definitely moving in that direction. And he's probably younger
1: than those other guys. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I saw on Big Ten Network the other night. Bruce Weber. I forgot that he was. Oh gone. yeah. Remember he and and then I looked him up and he's like sixty eight. So he's probably done. You know, um, Jim Boeheim had coached at Syracuse since nineteen seventy six. So 47 years, which is a long time. No question about it. And, yeah, they – I mean, <laughs> Carmelo Carmelo would probably tell you he was bought and paid for. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> Stuart Mandel just wrote on Twitter as we were talking about this, LOL Jim Beheim's quote-unquote retirement was even more awkward than I imagined it could be. Lost his last game to one of the coaches he accused of buying its team in the tournament of the conference he never wanted to join and effectively got canned in the press release. Wow, Russ. How
2: that's about what, that? I mean, that's what happened. I mean, it's pretty bad when you're – I mean, that successful of a coach. I could not imagine, like, you know, we, we saw Coach K's career come to an end and we saw Roy Williams come to an end. I mean, K's was a little bit awkward because, you know, he still wants to kind of dabble with the program, I guess. and He, he could <laughs> even make the argument he's earned that. But it's not like they were like, oh, God, we just got to get this old man out of here. You know, and that's what it feels like with Syracuse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. I think, I think uh, you know, and, and
1: look, those colleges have to feel that even though these coaches have been doing a, a percentage of the type of NIL stuff that's going on now at 100%, they've been doing it for a long time. I think you're right, though, and I know you may have said that semi-seriously as far as that I don't think these coaches who have been successful at playing the system like the fact that everybody can now doing it, too, and as that tweet just said, obviously losing to someone who he accused of buying their program, what the hell have you been doing all these years, Jimmy Boy?
2: Right. Well, and I think, you know, that's where the old, look, Nick Saban's had some things to say about NIL even recently in an article with with Ross Dellinger and I think you know with guys in that age group that let's just be frank here got away with it for a long time and now it's not I mean now it's it's not like that anymore anybody can put that offer on the table Uh and not and do so without fear of the NCAA for the most part and 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 you know I it's like I said, when all the people that kept saying this isn't good for the game because the rich are going to get richer, where the rich were the only, and, and to me, the term rich would be like the blue blood programs. Well, they were the only ones saying that. You know? Now you've got to worry about, you know, if it's not just Syracuse. I mean, you know, the other schools around you can offer that. And, and I mean, cash isn't the end all be all. We see that in pro sports all the time. The team with the highest payroll doesn't always win the championship. But, mm. you know, I think it's a more competitive field now to, to try to acquire talent.
1: You you said something there that made me think of something. I wonder. I, I wish I had a friend who was like a, a coach, big time coach, who I could ask this question. Russ, are you afraid of the NCAA? <laughs> I wonder if coaches have that fear of the NCAA, like you know they used to
2: thirty, twenty, thirty years ago.
1: I don't. I don't know if they do or not.
2: Yeah, um, I don't think so. I. I you know, I mean, I mean, we could go down a real rabbit hole here with college athletics, but, I mean, you see Chris Beard emerging as a top candidate at Ole Miss already. Yeah. You know, How I just – I, I don't think – when it comes to athletics, I think we're kind of getting into an era where people just don't care. It's a win-at-all-cost kind of yeah. mentality, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but that's what it feels like.
1: Well, you're, you are supposed to win. You know, the, these people are hired to win, but right, at what cost? How do you go about winning – it, it, I, I mean, look, someone may tell you flat out, even on the record, I have to play the system or I'm not going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that that and that's a sad reality of what college athletics has become. And, I, and I'm not saying that someone would say I've got to cheat to win, but I think playing the system is an appropriate term for what's in place now. And you know what? If you don't know how to play that system well, how are you going to be successful?
2: Well, you got to have talent. I mean, that's the, and how do you get talent? I, I, you that's get talent? it. And there's no doubt about it.
1: So it, it is It is interesting to see college basketball, and because and, um, college basketball has always been dirty, I've thought. I mean, again, I've always said on this show for 16 years. This month's, later this month's our 16th anniversary of being on this show for 16 years. I've always said everybody cheats. It's just to the extent of which they brag about it and get away with it. That and, and and when I say that, I, I, that doesn't mean that Nick Saban cheats or Kirby Smart cheats or, or Jim Boeheim cheats. It just, it's just a thought that college athletics, even before the NIL, had ways for people to cheat. And that did not always mean the head coach was going to know what the hell was going on. There was no way that I'm sitting here in Waycross, Georgia, full of Georgia fans. There was no way that. Any coach at the University of Georgia, four hours away, was going to know what any of the University of Georgia fans in this county may have been doing behind their back. Oh well, does Coach Dooley know about? Well, no, Coach. You know, or does Coach Golf or Donnan or Rick or Kirk? No, I mean, how, how? But how can a coach keep up with that? So everybody's cheated. Everybody's had the cash. Handshakes. Everybody's had the things going on. We know that. Come on, you can't. You and you can't be naive to think that all this stuff just started with, with you know, nil money. I mean, I, when I was in college, there was a certain running back who hurt his knee, who got drafted high by San Francisco, who was driving a hell of a lot nicer car than I was, Russ. Yeah. And there was no nil money back then.
2: No, 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 there wasn't. Now, I think the money part of it's probably gotten bigger because of NIL. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, the, a lot of people with what happened in Athens with Jalen Carter in that situation were trying to attribute it to NIL, and it's like, you know, you know, those, those players have been getting cars for since before I was born. You know, it's just it's, – I think – and I've asked my friends this, you know, because some people are bothered by it, and I think that's okay. You know, to to because it is it is new and 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 maybe a little bit jarring, but I asked you know the question the way I pre- uh, posed it to a bunch of buddies was, are people did they not know this was going on or do they not like the fact that the lights have been turned on? And I think mm-hmm. it's more the latter than the me too than the other way. Yeah,
1: yeah. I no I I agree. I think. Well, I think to to not acknowledge it, and and look. Uh, when I say that, it doesn't mean that it was widespread. It, it, it means that do people run a clean program and yet still not know what all of their alumni may be up to? Certainly. Um, are there dirty programs? Well, sure. Was Jerry Tarkanian running a clean program at UNLV 30 years ago? Hell no. <laughs> right? I mean, I think we know well, I, how some programs have – been a little bit more blatant about it.
2: Right. See, and I think that's a great example of, of w- where the Bayheims Bo- of the world get grumpy because in today's era, Tarkanian wouldn't get popped for that. He'd be right. a great basketball coach in today's area, era. But, you know, it's like what happened with SMU. They weren't doing anything that Oklahoma and Texas weren't doing. Uh, Tarkanian wasn't doing anything that hadn't been done at UCLA or USC or anywhere Absolutely. else out west. He was just the one that got made the example of.
1: I'll never forget – that 30 for 30 that came on about Marcus Dupree, Mm -hmm. who was the running back, oh, my God, probably not many better running back prospects. And you got to remember now, the 80s, it was just one after the other. It was George Rogers. It was Herschel. It was Bo Jackson. I mean, George Rogers was one of the best running backs ever as well. He does not get mentioned as much, but that cat, he was a beast. And he could run, and he he's a funny guy too. I like George a lot. Um, and Marcus Dupree was just in that long line, and he gets on that on that uh, thirty for what the thirty for 30, wasn't it Russell, mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it was like well, my mama wanted a trailer, and Barry Switzer got her a trailer. Matter of fact, and you know what? Here's the funny thing: nobody was surprised. How, how was anybody surprised? God, we got to go to break. I'm just sitting here running my mouth like we're not even on the radio, Russ. What the hell is <laughs> wrong with me?
2: That's what makes the show good, right?
1: <laughs> Come breaks. A, we don't
2: need a damn format. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just sitting around talking, hey. I mean, I'm, I am sitting on a sofa here at my mom's house in Waycross. <laughs> Come on over, sit down, have a drink. It's 5 go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Back with more after this. <laughs> back on our program here and thanks for being with us bill and russ on the radio if you want to jump in you can 478-646-ESPN i wanted to say something real quick um, um you know i've been doing uh uh some work down here in waycross and and brunswick and have uh, enjoyed being down here except for the mosquitoes which are about to kill me anyway um we have been in charge of the the stations for the additional new stations for a a little over six months now and and um we have really enjoyed being on down here and obviously are growing and doing everything we can to to get more sponsors and to let people know about our station I, i think there are still a lot of sports fans in waycross brunswick and savannah who do not know about our station so those of you who are listening please share the information that there is a sports talk radio station on the air and it we're the home of the braves you know forget about me and russ just we're the home of the braves but i want to ask for your continued patience and i say that because um, we're, we're still dealing with some technical issues on a regular basis that we're having to try to overcome. Um, we knew this when we took over, it was going to not be fixed overnight, that things would happen, and we're trying our best. We, we, we wanted this to be a, a, a great radio station in all of our markets. Uh, we have, I don't know if you've perfected, but uh, you know, obviously we've been doing this in making for a good number of years, and it's just going to take us more time to continue to iron out the wrinkles of, of what we do on the air in waycross blackshear brunswick and savannah so I, I i ask you for your patience if you hear something that you shouldn't hear or we have a little bit of dead air or whatever bear with us we're we're trying to get everything straight and we're trying to get everything done as as best we can so we we do ask you for that patience and uh at some point we're gonna be sounding the way we want to sound and and uh, kind of have all of our ducks in a row but it's it takes some time and and it's a different technical thing that we are doing here because we are simulcasting a station on different frequencies around the state and that's not really done very much so um, we we do ask that you be patient with us and continue to hopefully enjoy our content and and uh, we're going to sound better hopefully by the day Four seven eight six four six espn is our number let's go to Danny in Waycross hello Danny Hello, Bill how you doing man I'm doing well
0: very good yeah I try to tell everybody I heard you talk about I try to tell everybody about your radio station here in Waycross that all my friends that are in sports and everything uh, awesome so I'm just letting you know that I'm getting the word out for you
1: well I certainly appreciate that we we uh we're, we're thrilled to be on in way Cross. It's my hometown, so I, w- I want to provide my hometown with a pretty good station that they can depend on. So I'm I'm working hard on it, Danny.
0: I appreciate it, yeah. Every day I usually go by where yet are at today, go pick up my granddaughter for lollipops, and the day's the day that she don't go on Wednesdays, out there, I'll be doggone. I'll be darned. Yeah, uh, we, talk, we talk about you all the time at work at baseball games when we're there with Barry Tanner and – my cousin Tom. So we we talk quite often about some of your shows in the past.
1: Well, you know Barry Tanner. Um, he he taught me some pitching one time back in the day. I know Barry.
0: Oh, very good. Yeah, he had something on his phone by the time I think with uh trying to talk about the uh, who was that quarterback from Coffee County that you had him on your show. Uh, Greg Walker. Greg Walker. Yeah, there you go. We all <laughs> he had it saved on his phone.
1: <laughs> did he really? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> That's funny. Greg's a great friend. He's a he's a great guy.
0: Oh yeah, I'm excited for knowing the, the Braves and be able to listen to the Braves here. Absolutely, I'm traveling. You a big Braves fan? Oh yeah, very big Braves fan. How I, you
1: feeling about him so far?
0: I feel good about the Braves this year. I really do.
1: That's awesome.
0: I, I, I think we got a good chance. They uh, definitely got a good core.
1: What do you think Spencer's going to do with 30 starts, Danny?
0: Oh, boy, I smell a Cy Young.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it could happen now. it I just can't wait to see how many strikeouts he has. I, I think it would be great if he could approach 300 strikeouts. Wouldn't that be
2: something?
0: Uh, I, I believe there's a good chance that he could easily do that. He, I know it. Once he gets cranked up and going in the summer and his arm gets loosened up, oh, yeah.
1: I guess the last time the brace had someone with 300 strikeouts would have to be Nuxy. Yeah, it had to be. It had to be. Cause I'm, old think...
0: enough, I'm old enough to know that I used to go in 76 and I was down in the picnic area and talking with Buzz Capra and Dale Murphy back in the day.
1: <laughs> picnic area. Old Ted put that in. That's where the wrestling went on after Sunday home games right there, didn't
0: it? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> uh, my daddy my daddy would take us up there. and uh, we He said, you know, we I had to get tickets because when you got up there, you know, you up for about 300 of us at the ball games back in those days.
1: <laughs> That's right that's right no doubt well danny i'm so thrilled you called i appreciate it and i hope you call again okay i sure will bill i appreciate you man thank you so much thank you danny uh we, we appreciate you yeah those were the good old days i always wanted to to, to be in the to picnic area i don't think we ever got tickets in the picnic area Later on when I became a reporter we would sometimes go, go down there and sit and or stand over the railing and watch the game because they had a they had a, a path that went underneath the stadium that where you could get back up to the press box it was also the area where the umpires went and so uh, sometimes we would go down there and hang around well, I remember one time my f- photographer was uh, videotaping the game and we didn't know you couldn't do that well, we do it at football games. Why can't you do it at baseball games? Well, you can't do it at baseball games. But we were standing up in the picnic area, which was a pretty good seat at Old Fulton County Stadium. You are listening to the Bill Shank Show.